Hello, world. I'm Greg Patton. It's a Tuesday already. Here we go. News, information, comment, all kinds of news and stuff. Stick around. Wow. Listen to Southwest Radio Church this morning out of WHCB there down in Bluff City, Tennessee. Dr. Compley and I discussing the new book, Invisible War on the Saints. You are ordering, my friend, pre-ordering. What a great time. God is blessing him. I am so very, very excited after years of work putting things together. My friend, if you haven't ordered your copy yet, you need to for yourself and for others. Do not be ignorant of his devices. He's stalking you. Are you ready to go to war today? That's swrc.com for more information. And thank you for your support, your prayers. It's so encouraging to know that you are there and a mass audience every day at this time right here on this local Christian radio station. Again, we say thank you so very, very much for your prayers and your support. God bless. And I know I love you. What in the world is going on? If there's one clear objective of Israel's war in Gaza right now, it's this. To hunt down and assassinate the Hamas leader, Yahya Sinwar, referred to by Israel as the Butcher of Kanyanas for his violent and cruel torture methods against his enemies, both Israel and Palestine. Sinwar, this 60-year-old leader, is widely seen as being behind the massacre of Israeli civilians carried out by thousands of Hamas militants on October the 7th. The attack in which 1,400 people so far are known to have been killed with a further 200 missing and likely being held a hostage by these demonic murderers inside the Gaza Strip. It is the worst against Jews since the Holocaust. Civilian men, women, and children were not only murdered, but according to multiple eyewitnesses, reports also brutalized, raped, and decapitated. That man is directly in our sight, says Israel. Sinwar is the leader of Hamas in Gaza, and he is a dead man walking. And as a part of all of this, the new GoPro camera footage reportedly shot by Hamas terrorists themselves shooting up Israelis' homes in the kibbutz offers a horrifying glimpse into the armed assaults on that isolated community. Meanwhile, weapons, maps, material captured by Israeli defense forces shows Hamas invaders had planned a fight deeper into Israel for at least the last 30 days. One recovered GoPro video shared Sunday on X by security analyst Michael Horowitz is described as follows. Another GoPro footage of Hamas militants going house to house near Gaza on October the 7th, shooting at civilians inside their homes in one case, a civilian can be seen in the living room and just falls after being shot. Just hard to imagine, isn't it? How close is America to all of the A rapid response force consisting of 2,000 Marines now heading toward the waters of Israel, according to CNN, citing a defense official familiar with everything, the 26th Marine Expedition Unit a force of rapid response troops, part of the Bataan Amphibious Ready Group, stationed near Kuwait to complete scheduled exercises, but departed early now due to ongoing events in that region. The Marine Corps Times first reported this. 
The 26th MEU aboard the USS Bataan is now off the coast of Oman and received direction to prepare for a move toward Israel. What is going to happen next? Well, again, here in America, yesterday, mere hours after the most brutal attack on Israeli civilians in the nation's history, 31 different student organizations on the campus of Harvard University issued a statement declaring Israel is entirely responsible for this mess, for Hamas's deadly assault on the Jewish state. Israel's responsible. And the students at Harvard were not alone. Their views, we soon learned, were pervasive as they were perverse on college campuses all over America. Last night, students at George Washington University, wearing masks to conceal their identity, cowards, gathered and then laid praise at the feet of Hamas with one speaker chanting, Glory to our martyrs, each and every one. He went on to say, They call us savages, barbarians, terrorists, but we know who the real terrorists are. Stanford students hung bedsheets throughout the campus with messages and slogans defending Hamas's attack on Israel, with one proclaiming that the illusion of Israel is now burning with the Palestinian flag. This is the new America, a flood of evil, and we have created it. My, oh, my. Well, he, she, it did it. A transgender female fencer picked up an eighth world championship on Sunday at the 2023 FIE Veteran Fencing World. Liz Kobod won the Vet Women's EP over 14-time champion Margelisa Summer of Finland. That happened in Florida. It's the second time that Kobod has won the 70-plus age category. I wanted to support USA Fencing. Coab said after the bout, I really did. Otherwise, I was actually thinking of stepping away from all of this. But the fact is that it was here in America, and I thought that it was important to support this country. And this is my way of saying thanks to the USA fencing teams. You gotta be kidding me. You've got female fencer. Not really. Male fencer beats female fencer. Okay, where's my gun? Any common sense left in America? Yeah, there is some. What? Voters increasingly think both fake President Joe Biden and his son Hunter did something illegal when it comes to the foreign business dealings of Hunter. At the same time, over half think former president and leading Republican presidential candidate Donald Trump did something illegal in relation to classified documents and efforts to overturn the 2020 election. The poll released yesterday finds a majority of 52% believe Trump did something illegal in connection to efforts to overturn the election and his handling of those documents. A quarter each believed that he did something wrong, but not illegal, that was 23%, or that he didn't do anything wrong, 24% believed that. Majorities of Democrats, 86%, independents, 53%, think Trump did something illegal, while views among Republicans are more mixed, as you might imagine. Turning to the Bidens, the Biden crime family, the survey finds a record 52% think Hunter Biden did something illegal in relation to his business dealings in both Ukraine and China. 
That's up a few ticks from August. It's going to get higher, I believe. Oh, Giuseppe and your son, huh? What's the matter with you? Be sure your sin will find you out. Liar, liar, pants on fire. What are we talking about now? Well, uh, the red guys, the red states, where the demons are allegedly flying. No, they're not. They're flying over there in the blue states. A report from the Heritage Foundation shows that homicide rates have been higher in Democrat-run blue counties than they have been in red counties all the way back to 2002, contradicting a very popular talking point recited by prominent liberals like California Governor Gavin Newsom and billionaire communist demonic-led George Soros. Newsom has publicly stated that eight of the top ten murder states are red while liberal megadonor Soros wrote in the Wall Street Journal just last year that violent crime in recent years has generally been increasing more quickly in jurisdictions without reform-minded prosecutors. And murder rates have been rising fast in Republican states led by tough-on-crime politicians. It's all a big lie. How does Satan operate and his demons? The big lie. That's their power over you. So what's been the problem? The Dems say that uh, the red states, they're the bad ones. According to the Heritage Foundation, these studies cited by Democrats to make an argument there, including a recent study from Third Way titled The Two-Decade Red State Murder Problem, used a lot of flawed methodology because crime is a local issue and therefore crime analysis must be undertaken then at a local level. They're lying. The red states, wow. The blue states, look out, people. Crime, we're talking crime. Well, how about car thefts? The FBI said yesterday motor vehicle thefts posted a double-digit jump year over year in 2022. They experienced an 11% spike from 21 to 22 in the U.S., according to the Federal Law Enforcement Agency. It pegged the total number of cars stolen last year as 1 million cars stolen. The motor vehicle theft figures came as part of the wider set of data about U.S. crime that the FBI made public. Separate reports have previously suggested some vehicle models are more popular targets than others. Like what? Well, the Dodge Charger SRT Hellcat and the model years 2020 through 2023 have the highest relative claim frequency for, well, theft in America. The top five, the Dodge Charger Hemi, the Infiniti Q50 four-door, the Dodge Challenger, and the Land Rover Range Rover four-door four-wheel drive. <laughs> I'm safe. <laughs> Probably not mine makes the top 25. I, who knows? Lots and lots of these happening in America. Supposed to be great times financially. Huh? Business news, retail store chains that file Chapter 11 bankruptcy can suffer from damaged vendor relationships that cause empty shelves, limited access to capital needed to pay landlords and wages, and a damaged reputation that keeps shoppers from going there can also cause store closures, leaving customers in the lurch. And for these reasons, filing for bankruptcy reorganization is a 
retailers really last option. Well, yeah. Nevertheless, bankruptcy has become increasingly common because of fierce competition from e-commerce stores like Amazon and big box retailers like Walmart and Costco. Shoppers can usually find the items they buy, oh yeah, at these stores when retailers close because of bankruptcy. However, that task is more challenging when the retailer filing for Chapter 11 sells essential items not readily available at stores elsewhere. Sears, that's all my dad did. Shop at Sears. I remember it well. They had 700 stores when it filed for bankruptcy in 18. Nowadays, it operates fewer than 20 after re-emerging from Chapter 11 in 2022. Bed, Bath, and Beyond had over 1,500 stores in 18, less than 300 when they went bankrupt earlier this year. The success of those large brick-and-mortar stores like Walmart and Costco and e-commerce like Amazon are a big reason behind so many failures in America. Walmart's annual revenue surged from over $450 billion to $611 billion in the last 10 years. Costco more than doubled to $242 billion, and Amazon sales increased from $74 billion to now over $500 billion. So you want to be an uh, accountant, eh? They say don't do it. College students have crunched the numbers, and a career in accounting is no longer adding up as the way to go. Why is that? According to the Wall Street Journal, the average starting salary for recent graduates, $56,000. And that's a number that's not budged since 2008, really. And accountants require a fifth year of college, an expense that is proving prohibitive for many considering a profession that was once seen as a path to the upper middle class for poor Americans. With more than 300,000 accountants and auditors leaving the field in just the last 24 months and the pipeline drying up, large and small American firms are writing off the idea of finding help at home. They're turning to Malaysia, Argentina, China, India, Mexico, and the Philippines to get their accountants. Really? So a touch of living in today's world and the question... Where have all the kids gone? In church, I mean. A few weeks ago, the Pew Research Center came out with its most recent survey on faith today and today's teenagers. And while there are a few nuggets of hope amidst the pages and pages of data, there's one message that does seem to be coming through loud and clear. America's teenagers losing their religion. Really? There are several potential reasons for this. Today's teenagers are growing up in a society that is increasingly hostile to faith, especially regarding faith-based values and the social cost of being identified as religious among one's peers. It's getting higher with each passing day. Christian pollster George Barna documented this in a recent survey that found that religious teenagers hesitant to use words like evangelism today and convert because they're fearful of being branded as intolerant of other beliefs. It's the new world. And many churches tend to focus on the older end of their membership spectrum and leave those who are younger to fend for themselves today. And when there's not a support system or a sense of community among one's peers, teenagers and young adults tend to drift somewhere else away from the church, and many never come back. 
and the left is actively working to undermine the integrity of all things Christian. Sadly, the result is often aging congregations and disenfranchised youth. Not a good scenario for the long-term health of any church and overall religious faith in America. And finally, this could be a sign of how the continued deterioration of the family and rampant secularization impacts the church today, just it affects greater society. Why? Because of this Pew survey, it points this out. One of the main reasons that children remain in the faith is because they are in intact homes with two believing parents. Yeah, a Christian mom and a Christian dad. And it's been said, faith and the values that accompany that are caught, not taught. And if mom and dad aren't going to church, and there's not a mom or a dad to model faith to them, there's nothing for teenagers to catch unless they encounter some influence outside the home. That is a sad commentary on America today. We could talk about this one for hours. Where's my Bible? Life 101. Right after this. Thanks for listening to Hello World every day at this time and telling others about the broadcast. You, my friend, are a blessing. And we pray for you, whoever you are and wherever you are. Thanks for being a part of Greg Pat Ministries and Hello World. And thanks to this Christian radio station for carrying the broadcast. It's great. Can I get personal for just a moment? Are you lonely? I wonder, is that you today? Do you struggle with loneliness? I understand it's a painful experience that affects everybody at one time or another. You know, for some, the discomfort is passing and it's only momentary, but others go through a prolonged period of isolation, which can, I guess, feel like a deep, dark valley. Now, I'm not talking about solitude. I like solitude, which involves the choice to draw away from life's demands in order to find some creativity and refreshment and, and get revived in a lot of areas. No, that's a different thing. You see, it's possible to be alone without feeling lonely. Jesus is our example. He often withdrew to a solitary place so he could commune with his Father, according to Mark chapter 1, verse 35. And likewise, we believers should separate from life's busyness to spend some time alone with in God's presence. But loneliness, now that's something else. It's something completely different. Anxiety brought about by a sense of disconnection, a loss of intimacy. This excruciating and often overwhelming emotion can afflict people even in the midst of a tremendous crowd, just leaving them to wonder, is there, is there any way out of this? That's got to be a, a horrible feeling. God does not want you to be lonely. After pronouncing all of his creation, if you'll remember, in Genesis 1, 4 through 31, as being, what, good, he pointed out that the one thing that is not good, namely, is to live in isolation, Genesis 2, 18. And so the Lord created a companion for the first man, which made relationship and intimacy possible. His design is for us to live in fellowship with him and with others, very important. It's also true in a larger sense. That's why God has placed believers in the local church, which Scripture calls the body of Christ. The parts of a body have different functions, of course, and we're interdependent or should be. In a similar way, each believer is endowed with at least one spiritual gift, such as organization, mercy, 
maybe exhortation for you today, which is meant to benefit the other members. It all works together. By exercising their gifts, God's children can minister to each other. That's great. And they can also share the gospel with a world that is desperate for hope today, more so than ever in the new America. You know, this very day, the Heavenly Father is still a very present companion to all who choose to love and to obey Him. We need to ask God to bring someone to mind. Perhaps He will use you to draw a lonely wonder back to Himself. And wouldn't that be good? One of those Bible characters that comes to mind is Joseph. At the age of 17, I imagine 17 years of age, Joseph lost almost everything that was important to him. His family, his position as a favored son, lost his home. His freedom was abruptly taken from him. How stunned this guy must have been by the hatred of his siblings and such overwhelming loss filled his heart. But one thing he did take with him was his faith in Almighty God. Life is like that at times for every one of us. Sudden changes in health or maybe finance, the unexpected death of a loved one. Personally, we just dealt with uh, some skin cancer problems. Yesterday, the church got some news. My associate pastor's wife, her brother, died unexpectedly of a heart attack. That's the kind of thing I'm talking about. Maybe you've been abandoned by a good friend. Have you ever had that happen? I have. And that can bring you into, I guess, what would be called a dark season of life. You don't understand why God has allowed this thing or, or lets this pain to continue in your life. Why doesn't God take care of it? What about Joseph? He probably wondered the very same thing, did he not? But somehow he managed to hold fast to his faith he experienced the blessing of God's presence in those lonely times, even as a slave in a foreign land. And recognizing that God was with this young captive, his Egyptian masters showed him favor. Genesis chapter 39. I think one of the keys to walking through that lonely, dark valley, those times when life seems to be crumbling around you and the future looks, well, mighty dim, is you and I have to embrace the reality of God's presence with us. He said he would never leave us nor forsake us. At the moment of salvation, the Bible says the Holy Spirit comes into you and lives permanently within you and seals you or her as belonging to Almighty God for, well, forever, the Bible says. Because of him, we are never apart from the Lord. No circumstance, suffering, or loss can separate us from him or his love. Romans 8, I think 35, verse 38, 39. You know, you and I need to take a few minutes today and reflect on the promises of Almighty God that he's going to be with us always, according to Matthew 28, 20. I think the result today would be that this truth comes planted deep within your soul, and it will indeed sustain you in those hard times of life. So if you're there today, loneliness has its ugly grip on you. Turn to the author and the finisher of your faith. He said he would never, ever leave you or forsake you, my friend. Count on him today. Trust him today. Believe the word today. And finally, well, it's kind of how I operate. Never put off till tomorrow what may be done the day after tomorrow. <laughs> and this one makes sense. A day without sunshine is like, um, well, nighttime.
<laughs> I'm sorry. It's all I got. You have been listening to Hello World with Greg Patton. Thank you for tolerating me every day at this time. I do love you, and I appreciate so much your support through prayer, through your giving, through telling others about the broadcast. Join me on Facebook. I like friends. Will you be one? Greg, G-R-E-G, Patton, P-A-T-T-E-N. Again, I want to thank you. And that's the way it is for a Tuesday, October the 17th, 2023. I am Greg Patton. God bless. You have a great day.